Our reading this morning is Psalm 119, verses 9 to 16. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes, as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Thanks for that. Katie and good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, yeah, as Ian said, from pathway to life. And uh, one of the things I like about coming here is I seem to catch the Lord's Supper Sundays. How's that? Yeah. Gee, that makes a difference, doesn't it? <laughs> Did you catch all that? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, uh, really great to just come and, and be be under your ministry and your, and your children's talks. So thank you, really, for that. Really, really appreciate it. Um, we, we are going to step through this Psalm 119. It's really just a thematic sort of a sermon around why should you read your Bible? And, and really just a collection of hacks around how, how we can do it. Uh, Christians of all times and ages thought we should read our Bibles. We teach it to our kids. You might be new to church, new to God, and, and this is still a new area for you in terms of, okay, why do I do it? And, and how do I do it? And all that kind of stuff. Maybe you've done it all your life, but it's stale. It's, you're stuck. What do you do next? Um, how can you grow in it? And so that's what I want to do this morning. We'll kick off just by looking at Psalm 119 as a whole. It's, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, this psalm, Psalm 119. And it's an acrostic. I asked the kids last week in Pathway to Life of what an acrostic is. Anyone here know what an acrostic is? An acrostic poem? No one knew in Pathway to Life either. So it's all good. <laughs> but you know, you know, tell us. Yeah. Of the alphabet, but in English it's generally a word. Ah, cool. Yeah, so acrostic is it, yeah, if you write, yeah, you know, you write mum. And then a word for each letter. Yeah, yeah. Marvellous, unlimited. Mining. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, so Hebrew is the same. It's the, so Psalm 119 is the Hebrew alphabet, literally each letter in the Hebrew alphabet down a line and they start each stanza of the poem with that letter, that Hebrew letter. So, Lavina, if you could just show us the letter for, 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 for this one. Um, the letter is, is called Beth or Baith. 
That's the, what the letter is called. It's sort of our B. And it looks like that. The reason why that's significant is, is there's a word play going on here. These, these guys who wrote these psalms, they're very, very specific, very creative, uh, uh, and very intentional. Baith is the word for house. That's the letter that this section of the psalm starts with. What he wants to say to us in that kind of artistic way is this. God wants you and me, every child of his, to make your heart a house for his word. His word needs to live like you live in your house. His word needs to live in your heart. It's a very powerful thing that he starts out with there. If you want all of what you perhaps hope and aspire to be true of you as a Christian, make your heart, the very core of your being, a house for the word of God. And then some questions can flow from that that I'll, that I'll pick up. And Levina, you can just sort of scroll through those slides from here as I go along. But here are some questions. When should you start doing that? What do you do? That's where we get into the tricks or the methods or the, the hacks, if you like. And why should you do it? That, that's the simple questions I'll, 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 I'll work through now. When should you do it? Uh, the sooner the better. <laughs> Such a simple answer. Such a simple answer. I've got, I've, I planted an apple tree when I moved into my house now some five years ago and, you know, early on I had to put a stake, stake it, you know, to make sure it doesn't grow wrong and all that and I had to beg my wife for a stocking to tie it up and all those things you do. But, but this is what we do with trees. When they're young, you can bend them because they're bendable and they easily grow into shape. And it is the same for you, same for me. The younger we are, it doesn't matter how young you are, this, this burying, not burying, hiding, putting the Word of God in your heart, start with it as young as you can. The younger, the better. But your question might, of course, be, what if I'm old? What if I'm so late to the party? Is it too late for me? No, because I love when you go bushwalking or you look in some people's gardens where you get these really cool trees that kind of, <laughs> you know, they're supposed to be long dead or they're, or they're lying down and then somehow some, something started to change and they started to grow and up they go. That's, that's maybe you. It's never too late. When do you start? Now. Just start now. This week. This month. This year. Now. No matter how old you are, make your heart a home for the Word of God. Simple as that. Number two, what should you do? And now there's a few sort of points here that I want to pick on or, or draw out. Uh, here's how you do it. One of the first things we can do is memorise it. Can I ask you a question? How many phone numbers do you know off by heart? <laughs> That's going to depend on how old you are, <laughs> I think. I had to, I had to force myself a few years ago to memorise my wife's mobile number, because I know my own. But it, it, it occurred to me, if I'm stuck, and I've lost all my, 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 you know, my phone, my details, and a policeman picks me up and brings me to lost and found and says, who should I call? I could not tell him who to call. I don't know a number. 
I, I, I would literally have to go say, can you give me an internet connection so I can email someone? Because I wouldn't know a number. I know 10 numbers from when I was a child, one for every girl I dated in year <laughs> 10, because that's what you did. It was the first thing when you, you know, this is how the world used to work. But it's not like that anymore. Uh, there's an app for everything, right? Um, when, you, when you go to school, a lot of what education focuses on is not necessarily rote learning or memorization like in days of old. It's, it's, um, it's problem solving. How do I utilize the tools and the things to solve problems? And, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I'm not dissing apps and things like that. I'll, in fact, showcase a few later. But, um, Here's the only challenge with it, I think, when it comes to God. Reality is that God wants to have a relationship, not with an app, but with you. It is you who he wants to be in a relationship with. It is your heart that ought to be the, the house for the word of God. Uh, not your phone, not, not, not even our Bibles that, that we have. Oh, it's all in the Bible. I don't need to have it. I just, it's all in the Bible. It is. But God does not want to have a relationship with your Bible. He wants to have a relationship with you. This is where it's at. And so, and so memorizing, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, such a powerful um, argument to be made that we, 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 we ought to aim to memorize some things. Uh, I've hidden your word in my heart, the psalm says. Some of you would ask, well, okay, what, what do you mean? <laughs> do you mean the whole Bible? Uh, you might say, I'm new. Again, new to God, new to church, new to faith. Where do I start? This, of course, is going to depend on where you're at with, in, in your own relationship with God. Can I set a very simple goal if you're new can you identify this year maybe just one or two Bible verses that, that you want to memorize? Usually in the back of Bibles there'd be word searches if it's about God's love or love. Just find a couple of verses as simple as that and, and, and memorize them, right? Just repeat them to yourself or write them on the mirror, uh, post-it notes, whatever your techniques might be, but, but memorize them. If, if you've been a, f a bit further along in your Christian journey, there'd be passages of Scripture. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, how we should pray. You can tuck that into your heart. Some of the Psalms. If you've been around a long time, you can memorise whole chapters. You can memorise, and I'm not even saying word for word, but, but I've, I've had godly Christians... Uh, recite to me the letters of Colossians, more or less, by way of a sermon, and it's not word for word, but, but they caught the, the gist and the guts of it, and they, they had it in their hearts, and, and usually people who've done that are people who live very close to God. There's a correlation. So, so that's what you can do. Um, another trick for how to do this well, did you notice, and I love that on the lips that came out here, you may say, how do I, I struggle to remember things. Here's a very quick tip that I think the psalm gives us. With my lips, I recount. Have you ever read the Bible out loud to yourself when you're alone? 
No one does that because we feel like an idiot if you were to sit in your own room and you read the Bible out loud to yourself. Can I challenge you to do it? I think there's a very powerful argument that when you hear yourself speak the Word of God to yourself, you know, even at a physiological level, your, your ears are engaged, your eyes are engaged, your mouth is engaged. So when you find your passage or your words that you want to tuck away in your heart, find a quiet space, say it out loud to yourself. Recite it. Recount it. It will truly stick into your mind a lot better. Your experience of it in your own devotional time. Recount it with your lips. It'll aid your memory. It'll help to deepen that Word of God into your heart. Okay. Memorise it. That's the first thing we can do on the what. Uh, Number two, rejoice in it. I'm not going to say a whole lot there, but the psalm says, I rejoice in following your statutes or your rules, as one rejoices in great riches. You can't make yourself enjoy something, but I, I do think God's design for us is to count the Bible as a source of true riches. What would you consider today makes you feel rich? What are true riches to you? The psalmist simply says, man, it's the word of God. That is your wealth. If that's what makes you rich, you can have as much of it as you like. <laughs> There's no limit to it. Uh, and, so, and so therefore, uh, making that shift of mind and heart to say, this is what my riches actually uh, are and I'm going to pursue it. So, so therefore, we rejoice in it. Number three, what can we do? Meditate on it. Verse 15, I'll meditate on your precepts. I will consider your ways. Katie brought that out too. Love the way that you did that because we use our mind. So there's a difference here between Eastern meditation. You would have seen in movies and we just know that in general, what Eastern meditation is like. You know, you've got this picture of a dude sitting with legs crossed and doing this and it's all just about emptying your mind of stress and essentially all content, until you get to a place where you're really at peace. That's not what the Bible has in mind when it says meditate. What it has in mind is, rather than emptying, it's about filling. Stuff your mind with the Word of God or the truths of God. Repeat it. Here's a beautiful quote. What One author says, recalling what we have committed to memory and then turning it over and over and over in our minds to see the fullest implications and applications of the truth. If you're taking notes, one of the most simplest ideas of how to do this well, if you have a Bible passage or a Bible verse, what is this showing me about who God is and what he's like. What is it showing me about myself? Who I am? And what I'm called to be like? What does it show me about God? What does it show me about myself? Just sit on that with that Bible verse and turn it over and over and over and over again. You know what it's going to do sometimes? Not every time. Sometimes, it's going to lead you to an encounter with the living Jesus. 
I love the kids' answer, that the first answer, we're going to learn about Jesus. I want to take it one step further. You're going to encounter Jesus. You're going to encounter him. You're going to break out a sense of prayer. But the praises for who he is, the fullest implications of who God is and what he's like, if you meditate on, there is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who is God? The one who's cancelled all my guilt, all that is wrong with me. Who am I? The freest and fullest person who lives on the planet Earth. You, you see what I mean? When you start telling that over, you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to be moved. You're going you're gonna to break out into praise. You're going you're gonna to start thanking Him. Maybe on some scriptures you're going to start confessing stuff when it shows you, God shows you in that moment stuff about who you are. Meditation on the memorized Word of God will lead you into an encounter with the living Lord Jesus. You might say, what about reading the Bible as a whole? Do that. Encourage it. It will help you to memorise the whole story of Scripture. But it is different to meditation, perhaps. Perhaps in the course of our lives, we ought to do both. We ought to read, study, and along the way, meditate. All right, that's number three on what. We're doing well. There's one more to go. Uh, what should we do? Delight in it. We've had memorize, we've had rejoice, we've had meditate, and lastly, delight. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Delight is an odd word to use perhaps there, but I think we get to what he wants us to get to when he says he won't neglect the word. Discipline. Just got to have that discipline. We've got to set the alarm. We've got to make the reminder. We've got to, that's why small groups are great. Mentoring relationships are great for accountability. Uh, yeah. Apps are great. The great apps that helps us with this whole idea of not neglecting the Word of God. I think of stuff like Solid Joys, the thing about John Piper. Of, of, there's, a, there's an app called the New City Catechism that uh, I think Tim Keller and his mob has developed about a year that takes you through the Heidelberg Catechism that will send you the reminders and all that sort of stuff. I'm thinking of Daily Bread, uh, Word for Today. Uh, these are all wonderful apps, wonderful tools to help us in this whole journey of uh, your devotional that you use at home. There are numerous of those things that, that, that we ought to find that should help us. And they all feed into the sense of the delight and the discipline and the structure that it gives us. And I encourage it, I really do. Um, okay, cool. Let me move on to, to the why question. Why should we read our Bibles? Simple answer. To grow in God. Here's what the verse said in verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. In some sense, I'm a little bit hesitant about this verse because it kind of suggests that the whole point of reading your Bible is that we're all supposed to do this, the behavioural thing, the thing that we hoped our kids would not say today. That was well picked up, Katie, that, that you know, we don't want to become, this isn't all about just becoming good people. This is not what it's about. 
But it's the same thing as saying that God, once He has filled you with His Spirit and you become His child, is that you would grow up as His child, that you would live like His child, that you'd tap into the wonderful depth and glory and splendor and beauty as you live in His awe and wonder and grow up as His child. Automatically, that means you're not going to sin more. You're going to sin less. You're going <laughs> to... You're going to become more and more pure and holy and live and step into that life that He has in mind for you. That's it. If you want to grow in God, make your heart a home for His Word. That's it. That's why we do it. Now let me close off. You might hear all this and go, this is great, but I feel super overwhelmed. I failed too many times. I don't think I can do it. Or worse still, you are in this trap of this is a religious self-help strategy. How can I do it? How can this year be different, this week be different? Well, psalm is very simple. The key to all of this is verse 12. Praise be to you, O Lord, Teach me your decrees. It's a little bit buried in the verse, but who's the teacher? It's God. Do you realize that every time that you sit down to read your Bible, you're about to enter into a moment that is supernatural, where the living God is your teacher? who's not just showing you stuff about himself, but who will, God willing, as that takes its full course, let you again encounter him in that moment where he will deepen... You, you, he is the teacher. He is the, 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 the preacher, the, the, the pastor, if you would, in that moment when you're engaging him in your word and his promise to you is such a wonderful, powerful promise that he will be the one who will make your heart the home of his word. And so we pray before we read our Bibles, Lord God, will you do this? Will you show yourself to me? Will you reveal yourself to me? Will you lead this? Here's the promise from Jeremiah. God looks to his people, to you and me. He says, I will put my law in your minds. I will write it on your hearts. No longer will you say to each, uh, to each other, uh, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. So that is my prayer. That as you journey forward, as a church, that you will grow in this, that I will grow in this, no matter where each of us are. May this week, this year, be yet another step where we grow as children of God because we make our hearts a home for his word. Pray with me, please. Lord God, we totally confess that we struggle with this, but we express a deep desire that we want to grow. Would you make our hearts a home for your word? Whether it's a small step or a big step. Thank you that you've promised that that is exactly what you will do. We pray for this. We ask.